Madden Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. The year is 3013. The galaxy is scintillating in the mellow light. Two galactic pilgrims seek out vistas in the samurai future to bring forth the unity of the cosmic shaman. Opening the door of the pantheon of mystics, the evil sorcerer wizard powers the engine of science, seeking to forever alter the sacred balance, traveling on effervescent balls of summer fire. This week, Son of Khan. In the year 1933, RKO had a hit on their hands. And they needed to rush out a sequel, because who's going to remember King Kong in a year's time? Nine months? That's pretty good. It's inc- People, like, joke about sequels today, but... And what a sequel it is. It is the Son of Kong. If you came here looking for the full Kong, it's not here. But there are some things here. Some things here. There's some things here. I almost bit my tongue. Like... And then I fake bit my tongue. The film... There were moving pictures on the screen for the full 69 minutes. You can't deny that things were hit. The credits were pretty <laughs> slow. There were like 20-second credit blasts that were not moving. That's like, make that 108 minutes, maybe. <laughs> no, but it's more fun to say 69 minutes. <laughs> yeah, okay, I got you. <laughs> 69 Kong. It's a thing, I'm sure, somewhere. I haven't looked it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's definitely a thing that, like... Oh, I'm tied to the bed. Oh, Mr. Strong Gorilla. Uh, the people do that, right? Someone actually, is doing that in their bedroom right now as we speak. I was actually thinking of multiple gorillas, but that, maybe that's darker. That too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was a gag in uh, an episode of How I Met Your Mother, <laughs> where they find, like, one of the couple's sex things that's hidden in their bedroom. There's, like, a gorilla suit and some chains. And then you cut to, like, the gorilla approaching the bed and the camera pans around. It's actually the dude tied to the bed in a wig. And the chick's the gorilla. <laughs> Radio. <laughs> uh, this is Luke. Hi, this is Matt. Welcome to our sci-fi temple. Is We're this the, temple the place we've recorded the most episodes? No, that'd be your not apartment. counting my apartment. Okay, not, even get guests, not counting right? your apartment. Yes, this is the place we've recorded the most. I episodes. like it here. It's a nice spot. Yeah, it's a getting spot. a bit overgrown. It is. Well, I... yeah, we, you had to like go the long way around because you couldn't come through the bushes. There didn't. You're supposed to be. There didn't used to be things there. Yeah, I know. It's like it's grown up pretty quick. Yeah. Because no one's tending it in these COVID times. See, now you're glad. No, there were like like 50 old people up here like two months ago doing something. Huh. I think they were planting those. That's why oh, there's okay. stuff there. Maybe it's like some sort of And then there's also garden. some overgrown. So it's a mixture yeah. of the two. Um, Kong, Kong, Kong. Kong, 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 Kong. I was just going to see how long you do it, because I thought you might do it for, like, all 50 minutes of the podcast. <laughs> uh, so, how aware of you, how aware were you of this film? I thought Mighty Joe Young was the sequel. Right. So, when, like, when I mentioned Son of Kong... And it's Kong, not. I sh- sorry, I should say it's not. It's a spiritual successor. Yeah. The, it is the same effects guy. Yeah. Wanted to have another try at a gorilla Anyway, to my later. mind, Mighty Joe Young was, like, the sequel to King Kong, whereas this is actually the sequel to King Kong. Right. So, you didn't know Son of Kong existed. Um, I th- you know what, I might, man, I, it might even be like an extra on my King Kong DVD, to be right. honest, and I just never watched it till now. Okay. <laughs> I own, separately and deliberately bought, 
1933 King Kong, Son Godzilla, this one and Son of Kong. I know you did, that's why we're talking right. about it. I mean, I, I love me some King Kong. <laughs> but yeah, people are very not aware of this film. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I of course, had a look at the background stuff, and the idea was, okay, King Kong, we can't do bigger than that. You just had a giant gorilla on the Empire State Building, so it was like, okay, don't make it bigger, make it funnier. I don't know if it's funny, it, but it, this film is fun. It's fun. It has... I, I've watched a lot of screwball comedy from the right. 30s. Like, I, I, especially when I was in university, I was, like, into that. Okay. I, I watched uh, The Miracle of Morgan's Creek in a film class sitting next to 80-year-old Eddie Bracken, who's the star of that 1945 film. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, I, it, it has the beats of a screwball comedy. And you saw it in my notes there's several times. I was like, oh, they're about to start singing, and they didn't. Yeah. And it was just like they set up every cue that we're about to do a musical number, and then they didn't, which actually was the funniest thing in the movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, the original King Kong, uh, indisputable masterpiece and all of that, but it's very, like, very broad ideas. Yeah. Whereas this, it's a more, like, well, you say a screwball comedy, the plot bounces all over the place, has all kinds of different things, is much more character-driven. This is, it feels like a much later film than literally the same year. Oh, yeah. Well, again, if, if uh, screwball comedies, I, I, My Man Godfrey, The Thin Man, um, even we got, like, you know, Ronald Reagan with bringing up Bonzo or whatever, that counts, mm. right? <laughs> So it, it is of a piece with those. Like, they did decide we're going to make it funnier, and they chose, like, an existing template. I guess just my... I haven't watched a lot of that kind of film from the 30s, so I'm only aware of the big, iconic Kong and other sci-fis and, like, 20s films like Metropolis. So it feel, I feel like, at that time, that's what all films were. Yeah, being... being Very a, broad strokes, tales of, you know heroics and larger-than-life characters. Being, but I guess the comedies were all like this. Being a sci-fi podcast, I, I think I've already brought up the Marx Brothers once or twice, but I don't bring them up too much, but they would take this template and they just put completely insane people into them to go nuts. Right. Which is why those movies are genius. It's like, take a movie like this, it's kind of fun, right? You know, the 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 NPCs, so to speak, they're, you know, they're doing their thing, it's fine. Uh, the genius of the Marx Brothers was just to throw a couple of complete nutters into it and see what happens. Well, and that's come back around, right? Because in the 2000s, the thing was, again, like, you make a comedy by having a vague idea and putting a bunch of comedians in the roles. Yeah. To do bits and to ad-lib. Right. Well, the, uh, not not that we're doing a Marx Brothers film, uh, but the thing there is everything in a Marx Brothers movie is like Hollywood boilerplate. Mm. All the supporting roles, including some of their, like, regulars, are just like playing it as, like, stiff as possible. Right. And then on top... Because a, a new... It's always winking at you. They put those comedians in, the whole movie's winking at you. Yeah. Whereas this one is like, let's take, like, this kind of staid film and and um, just go nuts with it, which Son of Kong doesn't do. It is the template you do that on. Right. Um, Carl yeah, yeah, this, this character, feels more like sort of family Disney film than straight-up comedy. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm not bringing up the actor's name. Carl Denham. That's, I don't, okay. don't need to we, we, the actor. Sorry, he's, he's probably far past him. We don't quite care. We enjoyed you. Thank you for doing this performance, and more so for King Kong. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Carl Denham is now Carl Denham. Um, you know, he, does, he has no... Ma I mean, he's trying to be slightly manic, but he's not, like, insane. I feel like he's not even trying to be manic. He's trying to be, like the winking 
wry smile wise guy. And suddenly he's he's trying to be like the dashing hero of the film, which is ridiculous. If I you don't watch know if King I ever Kong. felt him as dashing hero. I, think, I do like that the point of this film is that he's repentant. Okay, that's nice. But in his mind, I think in, the, in being the actor. I think it was like, oh, I, I, I kind of get the hero role in this one. Yay. You could, you could also watch it, though, as that's literally what's in Carl Denham's mind. Yeah. I'm a good guy now. I'm the hero. Well, that's how I watched it, more or less. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's, that's why I'm bringing it up. That's kind of smart. If, you, if that was deliberate, I don't know if i sit here and tell you it was, but... <laughs> well, I'm sure he's happy to be included, because they didn't... I mean, well, Faye Ray's a big name. She's not here. Well, she's a big name because of Kong. Yeah, I... I they could have gotten her back. I can't tell you what from the 30s who was big and who wasn't. But, yeah. But I mean, to write a plot where Fay Ray, where um, Andaro goes back to Skull Island, you'd have to do some. It, it's not so easy, right? Yeah. Because she had a really traumatic experience. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I was slightly. Actually, I was slightly surprised that there was so much continuity between this and King Kong. I assumed it would be like basically a completely different production. And it did have. Including, oh god, Charlie's back. <laughs> so, I really, Charlie's interesting. Yeah, he because he is like a Chinese stereotype or whatever. He does get but more. At the same time, he's kind of like presented as this likable, nice, good guy. Well, he actually gets things to do in this movie. That's yeah. nice. Whereas in King Kong, he's just like every time he's there, it's like, oh god, there's a stereotype on screen. Here, I mean, he he, he uh, had a few moments in King Kong, but yeah, there's only like five characters, so you know they have to give him like mm. one or two things to do, and that's cool. I um, think I think Charlie is like. As a character, he's fine. It's just they gave him the accent and the me no speak English dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> you like, know, if they change that, it's like it's like how a lot of like there's a lot of like Chinese American comedians where they'll do their comedy like doing the stereotype accents. Like, why? With Charlie, it's just like if he just spoke reason, even with a little bit of an accent. I mean, <laughs> that, it would have been fine. I wonder how the actor spoke. That would be curious. I wonder if he just is like full on normal Brooklyn accent. Yeah, because with the more modern people, I'm like, like when they're they're, they're talking like this when they're in an interview, and and when yeah. they're on stage, they're going to do an impression that I'm not going to do here. So, right. <laughs> um, wow, we're actually getting deep in this one quickly. Should I do the story? Uh, yeah, let's do it. I, I wait. I haven't even spoken about my history with this movie. Oh, do that because first. My, I, I was also... My, oh, sorry, my history of the movie. I watched it a few nights ago. Yeah, okay, go I on. barely were aware it existed before then. <laughs> um, I first watched it when the 2005 King Kong came out, and it was just on TV at 2 a.m. So I stayed up to watch it. Weirdly, I would have recorded the Western at 2 a.m. I don't know why, because I don't even like Westerns that much. Now. We've had this conversation, actually. You used to record all the Westerns. I used to record but all I the think, monster films. I think it's the older the Western is, the more I liked it, which yeah, yeah, is weird. Because yeah. that's the opposite of most... I, we maybe had this conversation on King Kong. Yeah. Okay, move on. Uh, but yeah, because um, up until then, I was aware of King Kong from 1933, King Kong from the 70s, King Kong vs. Godzilla, and the remake, the 2005 remake. Turns out there's like there were already three more King Kong films than that, because there was this, there was the Japanese sequel, and there was the seventies American sequel. <laughs> well, this one only like fifty percent of King Kong films are well known. This one was successful with a with small S starting it and a period at the end. It was right. successful, right? Because they're <laughs> successful and there's King Kong, <laughs> right? <laughs> They're right. successful, and there's it played for a hundred years, and it is like the template for the concept of film. I think I saw like at the day uh, in the day it had like a hundred and fifteen thousand dollar profit. It's like I guess that's fine. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, right, don't even get me started on what companies think is an acceptable profit. Oh, yeah. No, I'm just saying that, like, this, yeah. like there were no other direct Kong sequels, mm. basically, to the original film. Everything else is a different tangent. Yeah. There like was you said, a spiritual successor of Mike Joe Young, so... I mean, I think, technically, the two Japanese ones are considered sequels. But it's not the same I know, I know, strain. I know, I know, I know. It's not executive producer Miriam C. Cooper. I Actually, until I started watching the film... I had Marion C. Cooper called that. I'm confused. <laughs> I can't remember which one was the I, real I, guy, which one was I the hope, character. I hope that's absolutely true in real life. Probably not, but yeah. That, w- like, that would make what? me smile. Like, I'd like to think that Marion C. Cooper was exactly like Jack Denham in real oh, life. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. But that's probably not. I don't know, maybe. He's probably... Probably maybe, a bit. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or he's a prick. Well, he did, I, mean, I think he did come up with this film while traveling the Congo and looking at gorillas, so... Okay. <laughs> Story time? Engage. Dunham is basically a prisoner of his New York City boarding house. The entire city hates him due to the King Kong attack, and he is in the crosshairs of multiple lawsuits. He hooks up with the skipper from the Skaw Island expedition and escapes just before being indicted by a grand jury. The two run rogue shipping routes before finally running out of steam on a Dutch Scot Scotch, a Dutch South Seas Island. They meet Yoko Ukulele, local ukulele siren Hilda, and Nils Hellstrom, a Norwegian skipper who has just manslaughtered Hilda's father. Hellstrom also sold Denim the map to Skull Island in the first place, and is surprised that the first expedition failed to look for the treasure on the island. The lot of them sail to the somewhat nearby island, where they get booted from the boat by their mutinous crew. Rejected by the natives, who are understandably holding a grudge, and end up marooned in the dangerous jungles of the island. Fortunately, Dunham and Hilda run into the son of Kong, who takes a liking to them since they pull him out of quicksand, and Kong serves as a protector to them. There are some hijinks involving the treasure and Hellstrom being a prick, all interrupted by a giant storm and an earthquake that straight up destroys the island. At least Hellstrom gets eaten by a sea snake as the small crew heads for their lifeboat. But tragically, Little Kong dies as his foot gets stuck in the last rock of the quickly sinking island. Oh, and all the natives die as well, I presume. Was the whole island destroyed? 
I didn't read it that way. I did. I thought just the bit he was stood on was destroyed. No, I thought the whole thing went down. Uh, yeah, I, did, I don't... That's interesting, because I don't even remember Son of Kong dying. I was... <laughs> I actually... Really? I thought that was the most, that was the most poignant oh, moment yeah. in the film. Yeah. Everyone dies. Everything dies. Right, okay. Maybe I just... The low-quality cut I was watching. <laughs> no, you guys put in the rock. I was watching yeah. an ice cut, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like... I did notice I, I made no mention of um, dinosaurs or tropical bears in my synopsis. Yeah. Because they're prominent in the film, but I guess they're not prominent in the story? Yeah, well, yeah. once you get to Skull Island, there's not really much story. I mean... It's I, just, you know, hijinks happen. We should mention there's no special effects or giant gorillas until, like... More than halfway into this, uh, yeah, it's sixty-nine minute-long film. Yeah, it's comparable to like how long it takes in the Peter Jackson one to see any car. <laughs> so well, I feel like more, more happened here. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I kind of like the opening of like he's like New York is pissed about King Kong. That's an interesting starting point. No, it made me think about like you know Cap and. Um, Endgame, another Endgame reference, uh, having his, like, support group of all the people who disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just for a modern parallel of making a sequel, like, kind of take that next step, which I actually thought, because sequels in the 30s were not, like, so direct, for the most part. When you got another Thin Man movie, it was, like, they didn't really, you know, it's, like, episodic, right? The movie had its stuff, but they didn't really refer yeah, to Yeah, if, if they was so going to be, I would assume, it would be a whole different group of humans happened to land on the island to meet Kong, right? That's what I was expecting. Yeah. And I, 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 got... I watched it, that's what I was expecting. I mean, this was like 10 years ago. Mm. But... but the Skipper's back, Carl's back, uh, Charlie's back, um, the dude that sold the map is back, Hellstrom. Yeah. Um, I actually find, I, I guess in the Betty and Veronica sweepstakes, I choose Veronica because I actually find uh, this actress cuter. But that's just me. Uh, I kind of liked her. She had like... That kind of like smirk. She and has stuff. that moxie. Yeah. <laughs> and I, 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 the baritone ukulele is fun. Very early pa manic uh, pixie dream girl, I guess. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she had a bit more, like, as a character, she had more to her, I think. Than well, Faye Ray just screams. She, she's yeah. a master at screaming, but that's about all that there well, is. She, she her, like I said, the original King Kong is very broad stroke. It's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. She's there to be the beauty. Like, she doesn't really... She's not there to be a character. Right. Like, the... the um, Hell, Hell the, is just there for the adventure. The... What's her name? The first mate falls in love with her in, like, ten minutes of screen time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas here they have a whole movie to actually have some chemistry. Right. Which they do, even though you're like, that dude's... Wo I'm, well, I... Okay, it's love. He's not too old for her, but he's too old for her. He's a bell for her. <laughs> I mean, she's, like, 20. He's, like, 42. Right. <laughs> Are you looking at the I've, I've got, I've got, I mean, I've got the cast open anyway, right? Yeah, okay. So he was born... in December romance? 1890. Wow. wow. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got it. 43, man. I was almost right on that age, though. Yeah. And she was born 1913. <laughs> so she 20. was 20. I got it right! What <laughs> it was okay. You were pretty spot on, yeah. <laughs> I did not look that up ahead of yeah, time. Yeah, more than twice her age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So that was a little creepy. But that is that is just typical Hollywood to this day. It is. but um, you, yeah. you pretend actors are 10 years younger than they are and actors are 10 years older. Yes. <laughs> that was our main... The, our, that really, was our one complaint about Bill and Ted. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, honestly, yeah, I, got a, I, I had a little movie star crush watching her on this film, so I liked her. Yeah, I, I really like her. The, her name's only in the credits, by the way. 
He just keeps calling her kid. Because she is a kid. Uh, they, she does get her name right at the start because they're like, oh, let's go watch Belle Helene. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the monkey show did yeah. suck. I like monkeys, and that show sucked. <laughs> I think it was meant to. <laughs> that was kind of funny. <laughs> of course, yeah, it was kind of funny. Like I said, I was I, kept, I was writing my notes. Or, or, is this about to become a screwball comedy? But it turns out, yes, they were actually trying to do that. So, But, um, but yeah, one of the... the the best actual gags was was like, oh, you ever caught a monkey, mister? <laughs> you can say that. It's kind of funny. It'd be hard to catch the monkey, yeah. <laughs> Shock the monkey! I guess this, more so than the first one, this is one where we can kind of talk about the cast. Well, yeah, they actually have, like, you know, lines where they do stuff. Because it's so if, like... Yeah, if you want Carl Denham's name, it's Robert Armstrong is the actor. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that's a manly name. Because I, I, I think the Peter Jackson came... King Kong did take a lot more of the character from this one than the first one because this feels like Jack Black's denim right. a lot more. Well, yeah, this is Jack Black's denim at the end though because he is repenting for what he's done. Mm. But yeah, the, the sort of the charming because like, he, he's taken. Well, he's got to be the lead. I mean, in King Kong himself, he didn't have to have any charm. He was kind of a prick, right? Right. Here, right. he's he is now tasked to actually carry the film. But so. also in terms of like, he's a movie guy who has. His, he makes his money through his charm. Yes. He's like a business guy, right? And so that's, the skipper sense. wants him to be the guy who comes and helps him sell things, right? Yeah, I felt that, I felt there was like a, a sitcom in that little time jump. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like naming all the countries they've been to that we don't even get to see. <laughs> I had so many adventures we don't get. I mean, some of those might have been some fun. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, if they didn't have a giant gorilla, though, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> the monkeys could be cool. Bing Crosby and uh, Bob Hope. With some monkeys. I guess we did get that mo- in that movie, to be honest. But. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and then you've got the captain who's back from the previous one, Engelhorn. See, his, shit, his shit doesn't smell as good in this one. He's, he's a little... In the first one, we were like, he's a stand-up dude, right? Right. And here, I mean, he's basically a stand-up dude, but he's, he's a little more cynical. Well, and also the whole, the whole like, subplot where we're meant to side with the bourgeoisie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, when the natives, like, piss off, I'm like, yeah, of course. Well, and also when, I, I do love the whole, but Carl Dan is like, oh, the natives will be happy, we did them a good turn. And they're just pissed off because Kong rampaged through their town. <laughs> but I am right, they do all, like, die off screen in the end. Yeah, damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe cold. they had boats, I don't know. Yeah, well, they had a few, they give a few people. They rode away on the plesiosaurs. Where are they going to go? <laughs> uh, to FEMA Island. Right. Okay. That was meant. That was FEMA the bone, but it kind of sounds like a like a yeah. FEMA camp. Yeah, sorry. I, I actually thought you were making a political statement. There. <laughs> I was like, I'm not quite sure we're going that, but sure. I'm just implying that there's a whole like whole human skeleton of islands. Okay. Like, laid out over this ocean. There's so many bones you could have chosen. They could have gone a penis island. It's <laughs> not a bone. <laughs> I mean, not right now. It is. I don't know about you. I'll show you my bone. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> why why do we get more obscene when we talk about old movies? <laughs> I think because they just they have this habit of doing things that are a little bit like they have big penis shaped rockets and stuff, so <laughs> it just comes out. <laughs> yeah. This one didn't have it, it just got Boner Island. <laughs> yeah.
I want to get to I want to get to Little Kong, but uh, there's a few what, more humans to talk about first. Yeah, uh, again, uh, actress name since I just told. So her name is Helen Mack, the actress, and the character's name is Helene, which does go to the point of like they didn't really bother to give her a name. Okay, <laughs> um, but then you got Nils. He's we, a pretty good villain. Yeah, we mentioned him a little bit before, but yeah, I, we didn't get too deep. He's he's very unlikable because in the first he's in the first movie. He just yeah, he just hands over the map. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you want to come in for a few more days of filming? We'll give you a shiny penny. And he said yes. <laughs> I kind of like the thing where he um, he bullshitted about the treasure, but then they actually found some treasure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would, I would have something to say about that treasure at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote fuck the Dutch several times, so that's because I'm like more than 50% Dutch, so... Oh, uh, so you're allowed. I'm allowed. <laughs> hey, at least I didn't bring, use that as an excuse to bring out an actual racial slur. <laughs> I mean, you can say fuck anybody in the end, right? I, I can't think of a racial slur for the Dutch anyway. The drownies. Cause, the fuck? Cause, cause, <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, no, it's not. I was just thinking because uh-huh. um, Amsterdam's like under sea level, so they could drown. <laughs> You'd make a terrible racist, Matt. Probably a good thing. <laughs> But yeah, he he has a mustache, but he doesn't quite twirl it. Like, I guess he's a good villain because it always seems like he, he could maybe be on the up and up, but he's just, he's just not. Yeah, right, he's a very believable villain. Yeah, he's he, n- he's never. He, yeah, like you say, he's not a mustache twirling monster. He's just he just makes ego driven bad decisions. Like he kills, um, he kills Hel- Helga. Helga. Now I've lost her name. Helen's. Dad. Helene's dad. Dad, right. That might, is that the actress? Anyway, yeah, he kills Helene's dad. Character, but Helene's he does character. it in a completely spazzing, uh, sorry for the Brits, <laughs> fit of manslaughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, he tries to mutineer the ship, which, like, you know, I'm not 100% against, because the translator captain wasn't a paying a living wage Yeah, we're going stuff. to Death Island. Maybe we should turn around, but um, they're not But then not he tries to, like, make himself captain, and that's like, no, we don't have captains anymore, and chuck him up. That, that was, was a, a Rimmer move. That was, that. Yeah. He's Rimmer! He is Rimmer! <laughs> well, yeah, because the whole thing is he keeps having these moments where, like, oh, I guess he could turn around and have a face turn. Sorry, Red Dwarf, does. if you need to look it up, but Luke and I didn't know what we mean when we say Rimmer. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he's very Rimmer. Yeah, and he's also very, like, it keeps feeling like, I guess, he's just going to have a face turn and get a happy ending. <laughs> and he just never does. If Denim liked Curry more, he'd be a Lister in yeah, this one. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, no, I think the rest of the crew are the Listers. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. Denim's the cat? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Long <laughs> <Mom> is Crichton? <laughs> Okay. Oh, the captain is Holly. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I think we just rode that. Is he the man Holly or the woman Holly? Both. Okay. They're the same character. Mm. <laughs> I know that. I'm just... <laughs> they had to get a different actor. <laughs> I think they bring the man one back occasionally as well. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I think they did at some point. But uh, anyway, yeah, Son of Kong... Um, I guess we're, God, we're going to have to find a Red Dwarf to do it at some point. I know, right? <laughs> well, there was one episode of the show that the script was adapted from what was going to be the film. Ah, okay. So that's enough of an excuse for me. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Because <laughs> we can't do the U.S. Red Dwarf, even if it has Terry Farrell. Uh, that could maybe be a Patreon thing. <laughs> yeah, I'll do all of Red Dwarf as a Patreon, if that's a thing. Senna <laughs> uh, Kong. <laughs> so, yeah, the main character here, we've been, like this film, taking our time to get to it. <laughs> Diddy Kong! Yeah, right? <laughs> it is Diddy Kong, like straight up. Yeah, I mean, it's the smaller child one. And he acts like Diddy Kong. This is Diddy Kong. Yeah. He, he doesn't have the hat. Right. Know, the cap. But otherwise. And he's albino? 
It's just a diff- I think that's just a differentiating from Kong, right? Yeah, because there are a few scenes where he does look darker because they actually reuse some of the Kong animatronics. I I'm think. not surprised by that. I mean, that makes sense because this movie was like, make it as fast as possible and as cheap as possible, please. Yeah. <laughs> well, in his first scene, he's like up to his waist in mud as well. Mm. <laughs> but interestingly, although I talk about how this is kind of a forgotten film, I feel like every later adaptation of King Kong, the character of Kong is more like Son of Kong. Because he's more likable. Yeah, well, he's a good guy. We talked about Kong's smirk in the first one. Right. Which is... Oh, yeah, you love to watch him, but he's very much a villain in the first one. He's a monster. Right. But that is son of Kong's, or or Kitty Kong. What are we going to call him? the fuck is Diddy Kong? Well, Little (laughs) Kong is what the the cast mostly called him. I like Diddy Kong better. But, um, (laughs) like, the smirk fits on him. That's absolutely this Kong's character. Yeah. Well, like, um, the original Kong is mostly a monster, and it's just tragic that this happened to him. But you're never really on his side. You never really like him. This one's part of the crew. Oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the end, he's just hanging out with them. He's just their friend. Which is why it blew my mind. I was like, I, honestly, I thought you wanted to do this film because it's so sad when Diddy Kong goes down under the waves. It's a, it is a point, yeah. Are you going to have to go? I, cause like I said, I just finished watching this film today <laughs> for the second time um, in like 10 years. But um, yeah, for whatever reason, I just couldn't quite make out that's what happened. No, so I know you have to re- rewatch that ending. See, I thought you were getting me in for that for that moment. It's like it's like a Pokemon dying a horrible death. Yeah, it, it, that, that, that is. Do they die horrible deaths ever? You, um, yeah, they visit the Pokemon graveyards. Okay, S- says <laughs> the guy wearing the Pokemon shirt, but that was basically as a joke for you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favorite Pokemon is Cubone because it wears the skull of its dead mother. Wow, that's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what if, what if what if Diddy Kong was wearing the skull of his dead father? Not That'd be that pretty he, sick. He could, it would have been, like, as big as him, too. <laughs> what if the, the plot of... Uh, now, you're thinking, like, 70s Kong, who's, like, Godzilla-sized. Mm. But this Kong wasn't much bigger than Little Kong. They say 12 feet high, whereas I would give Daddy Kong 30 About feet. About 30, yeah. Yeah. Well, Daddy, Daddy Kong... It's a um, pretty big skull. He's considerably bigger in New York than he is on Skull Island. That's a, he grew a bit. He, yeah, they really exaggerate his size in uh, New York season. In the 70s, he's just that big the whole time. Yeah. I don't even... Peter Jackson, he, does he have a consistent size? Yeah, but it's it's closer to Son of Kong. Mm. Oh, yeah, he's about the size of a T-Rex in Peter Jackson. He stays that big. Okay. And 70- also, he moves much more like a gorilla, whereas Kong uh, often stands upright, which makes sorry, him look taller. I, I, I was thinking Godzilla, whereas American Godzilla, he doesn't have a consistent size. Yeah. Well, 70s yeah. Kong, he keeps the consistent size. Pretty much. Okay. I've been on the ride, which, confrontation. I don't think it's there anymore, but it's fantastic. Nice. But we got two 60s Kongs before we get to that. Yeah, I know, but he, he <laughs> grabs your, the tram you're in. I've, I've, I would shakes. love to have ridden that ride. I've seen, like, shit shots of it. I rode the ride, boy. I know. Uh, I know. Hop on one I've foot. I've met the big statue of King Kong that's at Wookiee Hole Caves in the UK. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I did think it was funny when... Um, when Diddy Kong talks, he sounds just like a Wookiee. He sounds just like Chewie. I had the same thought. <laughs> so yeah, that's the thing. This film, it feels like it's a forgotten movie, but it actually seems like maybe it's kind of influential. I mean, that that's to be where he got the Wookiee talk from. A bit, yeah. <laughs> and like, it's definitely where a lot of, any basically any film where the monster is a good guy feels yeah. a lot like this. George Lucas, if you're a fan of our sci-fi sanctuary, do get in touch with us. But we know that George <laughs> Lucas is a big fan of old 30s Yeah, I mean, he picks, saw right? this, no he doubt. definitely saw this. <laughs> and even if he didn't, like his ILM, his Skywalker sound guys did. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? right? <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, King, King, like, Son of Kong really is like a Pokemon or a Digimon or something. Like, your monster friend, you help him out of a pinch, and then he follows you around and helps you, like, solve puzzles and beat bad guys. Like, and then dies under the waters, man. That, that, it did bum me out, man. It, yeah. It, it's bumming me out currently, because I didn't realize. <laughs> I was, no, I was like, because I, I, I was like, I told you, Son of the Mask, like, depressed me. It's supposed to be a comedy, but I mm. felt depressed all day after watching it. Um, this one, I started to feel depressed because I was like, oh, is this just like a screwball comedy, like a bad one? And then, after that, and, you know, of course, we get the monster action eventually. And the screwball comedy, you know, I'm enough of a 30s film fan that I, I like, rolled with it in the end, you know? I saw what they were doing. But if it had been longer, I think the fact that the comedy wasn't that funny would have bothered me. Mm. Because it's so short, it just felt like a fun romp. Yeah, I knew I knew Kong, or Little Kong, was, was coming, you know, and not much farther than halfway in. Because right. you just can't yeah. roll too much farther in a movie like this short uh, so in the end I, I enjoyed watching it I mean no it's not as good as King Kong by any means but um, if you want it's if, a very different kind of good they might have do we move on to some of the effects that's probably the next thing we need to talk about okay let's do it oh, I, just, I want to finish the thought that we, I kind of got halfway oh, through get to it did you pit stop now no um, it's very video gamey Quite if there's been quite a few video games where it's like you have this monster friend, you help him out, then he fights you fight bosses, and then at the end he dies the sad death. But the video game would start you being marooned on the island. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. But I just mean the Kong stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's extremely gamey. It would make a good Kong game. I mean, you could put in like real Kong, you know, and do it. Yeah, this well, way. there I, I've got and still haven't played because I moved to bloody Japan and didn't bring my GameCube. The um the GameCube game based on the 2005 King Kong which is meant to be, like, too short, so it got bad reviews at the time, but really good. Because it's mostly an FPS where you play as the people and then you get to play as Kong sometimes. If it's good enough, short can be okay. Especially when I only paid £5 for exactly. it, like, 10 years if later. Exactly, if you're not <laughs> yeah. paying that much for it. But I actually really like the DS one, <laughs> which got, like, 20% in every magazine. <laughs> I wonder if my DS still works. It's, like, a slightly dodgy, like... D-pad and touchscreens FPS <laughs> you fight like N64 looking dinosaurs and occasionally play as King Kong but I thought it was great <laughs> ah. well this one on Rotten Tomatoes has like 32 uh, on IMDB it's like straight in the middle it's like 4.7 or 5 something I give it a 6 I, I like it yeah but 6, you know is, me, six is better than crap watching a giant <laughs> I, Twins I put it at 10 I like watching a giant monkey punch a dinosaur <laughs> might have been drunk, but I think the dinosaurs were better in this one? Maybe. The Triceratops... I mean, I think the animation was a bit choppier. I liked... I, I thought think the dinosaur a... models were pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they used some of the dinosaur models from the first one, of course, recycling, but even, I mean, some of the silhouette looking animations, I was like, that's kind of cool and stylized. Yeah, like, yeah, when they're arriving, like, the birds are flickering past and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I like that. I mean, it's... I mean, like, it's cheapish, and there's all that dark ride sort of you know, um, 
Right, when they're going into the cave and stuff. And And then everything else happened outside. But overall, I kind of felt... Like, I mean, maybe this movie could have gotten away with the giant spiders in the 30s. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I, I... God, don't remind me that I can never see that footage. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you punched a temple. Yeah, really fucking hurt. <laughs> Is that you apologizing for punching the temple? I guess. I, I just honestly <laughs> wanted to ring the bell. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. There but we go. I'm very upset that I can't see <laughs> that scene from King Kong. <laughs> Well, like Peter Jackson sort of did it for you. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm exaggerating you like for that comic effect. More than I do. I'm exaggerating for comic effect. <laughs> okay, I, yes, I get that. No, but Peter Jackson also remade the stop motion one. Right. As a special edition, a special um, special feature. Is that why I feel like I've seen it? Probably. Okay. That's but, like some stills existed, and from those he tried to recreate the scene. Okay. Because okay, see, in my mind, I'm satisfied. One, I I don't really. The I don't thi- actually care. In nature, in nature, the thing I like kind of flip out about the snake mm. I don't want to see the giant spiders but if there's spider crawling on me I'm like oh there's a spider maybe I'll flick them off I'll, I'll, I may even pick them up and like drop them because I don't want to kill them I don't like spiders I used to be a full on arachnophobe <laughs> and since the amount of hiking I do I just have to deal with them sometimes they don't really bother me anymore I don't want one on me yeah no if it's on me I'm just like boom there you go if one catches me by surprise I might freak out and kill it no, the only but time, I try consciously to save them instead. The only time I, I'm pissed off is when I wake up in the morning and I can tell it's spider bites because there's like four in a row. Ah. And none of them were radioactive. That's disappointing. I know. It's just... I, 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 told, I must have said this on one of our Spider-Man ones. The fact that no matter how creepy and gross and close up a spider shot was in a Spider-Man film, it never bothered me. But anywhere else. Yeah. But in Spider-Man, it, I just could, suddenly did not care about spider But you want to see the King Kong one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I, um... Anyway, There's Peter... a size of giant spider where it doesn't set off my arachnophobia anymore. Okay. It becomes like, oh, this isn't a spider anymore, it's just a monster. Anyway, Peter Jackson's actual King Kong film uh, left me, not cold, but just wanting to edit it down, like, severely. But uh, I guess his giant spider scene did satisfy me. Right. Um, I understand that complaint. I don't feel it, because well, you for want me, I want as much monster I know, as I possible. Know. We'll get to I it. would just cut the whole... You might you might convert me by the time we get right. to it. So I might watch an next Especially time. Now like, that you watch stuff episodic. Monster! Monster! You know, I might be down with it next time, so. I, I think you'll be very not down with all the New York stuff beforehand, though. <laughs> I like Art Deco, though, so that might be. Oh, I, my argument has always been that because the film is no longer coming out in the 30s, they have to set up the setting. But. The, la- the last time I had the withdrawal and the ability to just totally set up my own apartment, mm. it was like full on Art Deco. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mine is just whatever I get hold of. <laughs> well, that, now, yeah, now I'm like, you know, it's like Japanese stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then what the wife says. <laughs> I yeah. Well, I mean, someone's been there for like 100 years, and we're going to screw with that. Right. Uh, you, you mentioned my uh, Swank Studio, which is in a, you know, very old tatami room. Mm. That's been re-renovated. It doesn't feel old, but yeah. it's been there a while. <laughs> that's cool. And I mean, uh, tatami, that's cool. You know, painting the paintings on the on the plates or the walls or whatever that's cool that's japan that's right that is a cool part of japan yeah well, uh yeah so effects in this movie <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i like them i think they look well they charming saved, they saved their wad didn't they they yeah. knew they couldn't do too much so they're like okay let's do it all in like one big burst yeah yeah, yeah. But, it, like both times kong fights another monster in this are fun oh yeah the f- like the bear 
I love a bear. And I was like, it as well, so I, I was like, what the fuck is a bear doing on a tropical island? Fuck it, I don't care. I, I didn't care. Them. It was cool. I liked it. I'm just like, what? It's like Lost, where like the polar bear shows up. Yeah, I mean, basically. It's like, what the fuck is a bear doing here? I mean, this could be like, this could be like a velociraptor, you know? But um, Kong and the bear do look a bit better than the dinosaurs because the fur covers up a bit of the shoddiness, I think. Yeah. But they are good dinosaur models. Yeah, um, I know. I love. I just love watching them. Oh, oh! As a fun fact, I believe Peter Jackson actually owns most of these dinosaur models now. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the animatronic Kong arms, though, someone else owns the other one. Oh, cool. <laughs> so you know, I, that, I think I am looking forward to getting back to the Peter Jackson one because I, I am now that we're working through them. I'm like, I can understand like at least where he's coming from a little more. So right. if he wanted to make that three plus hour movie, I mean, at least he was like motivated. Well, yeah. Really. See, yeah. If it had just been like, because a lot of films come out these days and they're that long, and it's just because the studio thinks that's how long films have to be. Yeah. Whereas I know with him, it's because he's a big fucking King Kong nerd. Yeah, at least and he, he wanted to make three hours of King Kong. Exactly. <laughs> at least it's because he was over eager and not yeah. padding stuff out. Right. Despite this film's running time, it does pad stuff out. So. The first half is really dragging its heels. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, yeah, because this is a film made with, like, no budget. <laughs> and Peter Jackson's King Kong is a film made with a, a budget that absolutely takes the piss. <laughs> but that is the charm of a 30s movie, yeah. in, in part. I mean, again, a screwball comedy is like the first half of this. It just has better writing and... Well, and probably comedians, not just... And comedians. Dramatic yes. actors. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, design, uh, the island looks like King Kong. Excuse yeah, I, I'm sure they must the have reused sets like and stuff. They reused a lot of stuff. Uh, I guess the island's new, but it's probably not anyway. They probably used it from another movie. That would just be from some, yeah. There were lots of films Maybe about Road to Singapore used right. it next, uh, getting back to that Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. Um, so I guess we'll just talk about Son of Kong himself. I thought we did, but the, but, like, the, the effects. The effect, the yeah, design, yeah, yeah. that he's like a, a white King Kong. Yeah. Um, there's a Monster Hunter monster, which... Cause the, the first podcast I had that actually co- sort of took off was my Monster Hunter podcast, Monster Mash, which should be back on the airwaves as you listen to this one. But that was before I had a sci-fi podcast. So I used to really try and shoe on King Kong conversations in. <laughs> Whenever I saw a monster, I could get away. Now you can all the time. There are monsters in there which are clearly based on like King Kong or Godzilla. Um, but then there's one that is just a big white monkey that you fight in the mountains. So of course it's a little bit yeti. But it did, it did feel like, I'm pretty sure these guys know it's a bit like Son of Kong. Like, yeah. if you're the team making Monster Hunter, you watch some monster movies, right? Like, <laughs> it, it's a black and white movie, though, so sometimes it's like, is the lighting different on him? I mean, no, he, they, he's definitely Arbino. There are shots where you can tell. <laughs> but, like, I mean, yeah, it's a black and white movie, so how else do you differentiate him from his dad? One's black, one's white. Yeah, <laughs> no, the two no. colours you've got. Yeah. I'll, I'll, if that happens, though, you should be like, who, who, where did this baby come from? Is it from me? I mean, maybe they're just born white and they grow black when they grow old. Or the opposite of a silverback. Ah, okay, that's cool. <laughs> My theory. Yeah. Although, it, um, what's interesting, pretty much every later Kong movie makes a big point of him being in the last of the Kongs. And yet in this one, here it there happens to be a baby. Well, there's a, he's a footnote of the Kongs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, by the end lie. he is, because they freaking destroy the island for no reason. That's what I'm getting to. Yeah, I mean, the, how, do, how do we... 
there's just like randomly an apocalyptic well, ending I, to the island. Do you think it's random or do you think it's because they stole the gems from the temple and brought down I the wrath wanted, of the gods? <laughs> I thought that's why. And then I looked back and I was like, no, the island just goes under. But it, it does happen as soon as they do that. I, so. thought, I thought we were going to go like um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but... Yeah, I, okay, maybe but, it's right. like subtle. I think that is what happened. It's mm. just that this was made at a time where it's just like, oh, well, who cares? We got the gems. <laughs> you just insulted <laughs> the gods. You just insulted the gods. This is what happens. Yeah, but, you know, we insulted some small island gods. No one cares about them. <laughs> it's not our good Christian god. Well, they do make it out okay, except for that hellstrom. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So this bothered me when I watched this film at age 14 on BBC2, and it bothered me again when I watched it at age 30 on a train. The end of the film, Helen says, or no, Denham says, we'll split the money four ways. And she's like, why not split it three ways? One for the skipper, one for Charlie, one for us. Okay, that's very romantic. That's nice. We would be giving up a third of our money if we did that. She's just a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but Denham didn't point it out either. Like He's an idiot. <laughs> if they take 25% each, they're getting a full half of the money, not just a third. She's being altruistic. She's like, the money doesn't matter. I just want to be with, with you, my 20-year-old, uh, older-than-me lover. Also, they should take their shares of the money separately yep, and not should. marry until after he's gone through all his lawsuits... <laughs> so that their finances are not connected. Of course you're right. They're just they're, they're doing shorthand. She likes him. How else do, do we do that? She's a dame. Dames can't do math. <laughs> but I think it would have been great if Denim had said all of this right after she said that. <laughs> She's like, that's sweet, kid. But... <laughs> no, I, I did run the numbers when I was watching the movie. You know, I got that. <laughs> yeah. Put on his little visor and got out his notebook and started doing When sums. you said I want to talk about mass, I didn't know where you're going. But now that you're on it, I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah, that did occur to me. Like, you, but you get 50% if you take the first <laughs> thing. I, I literally ran the numbers. So, yeah, they'd be getting a third less money. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't literally run the numbers, so I'm not going to call you on that. But, uh, <laughs> I was bored on a train. So. <laughs> and, anyway, it was, it was a lot less money in any case, even, right. right or wrong. So, yeah, that's not the best choice. And also, like I said, until all of those lawsuits have gone through, don't combine your finances. Because <laughs> he can just declare bankruptcy, get it all cleared, and then marry her. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie it was like a, like a little bull weevil, right? It just like snuck, I guess it was reasonably successful, and then it just snuck on underground and well, nev did, never really showed up again until like 15 years ago, more or less. But yeah, and, and I, maybe it had like VHS releases as well. It did, but... I but mean, yeah, until... I bet every time a new Kong comes out and people talk about Kong, someone somewhere discovers this one for the first time. Yeah. But it's just, the I original did. is, you know, King Kong. It's, it's like, It is for films what, like, the Odyssey is for plays. So, like, what Super Mario Brothers is for games. It just... It is. It is why we now have blockbuster movies. <laughs> But with this one, it's like, it doesn't hold up. It's not particularly good. But 
because of that time capsule quality, mm. it's like pretty fantastic to watch. Yeah, it's fun. If I mean, I, I think watch- I think literally everyone could watch King Kong, right? Yeah, it's like it's so fundamental to like cinema and culture, at least in the West. <laughs> but I feel like even if you're not the kind of person who sits and watches thirty sci-fi's like we do, you could probably sit and watch King Kong if you really dig it and you're like, oh, I like this kind of thing. Then I would say, oh, you should watch Son of Kong as well. But if you're just like a normie and you're like, oh, okay, that was fun. Now I'm going to go watch, you know, whatever Brad Pitt's making. <laughs> yeah, I don't think everyone should sit and watch Son of Kong. No. Uh, Maybe I, watch the monster bits on YouTube. <laughs> again, for me, it wasn't even the, the sci-fi coming through. It's like I was like obsessed with screwball comedies when I was in my early 20s. So Right. And I was like, oh, this is this has some strains to that. That's, that's kind of fun. So weirdly enough, if you come from that sort of uh, vantage point, you're, you're going to like this one more as well. Dude, that's one where I have, like, no knowledge. So I'm, excited. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, well, maybe our, our next podcast will be Screwball Comedy Land. I probably want to do a different monster before we go. Oh, no, I mean, you mean like a different podcast? I mean a completely different podcast, you know? We can do that, we can do the love boat, you know? I would have to be getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like, uh, it's fun to make hypothetical podcasts that most likely won't happen, but hey, you never know. Oh yeah, I had the fun idea that me and Matty should do a podcast where we watch all the Godzilla films in Japanese, <laughs> don't look up the plots, <laughs> and then try and recap them. <laughs> Both of us barely speak a word between us. No. Maddie's not me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's why I used. He's only called Matty because we made him be called Matty at work, so there weren't two Matts. Yeah, yeah. I even said I'll change my name. I'll be like Zoltan or something. That'd be cool. But well, yeah. also, it turns out you basically never work at the same school, so you could have just both been Matt. Oh no, no, no! Uh, <laughs> tomorrow is the first day of double Matt. Ah. Oh. Two Maddies at uh, two Matt. I'm a Maddie now. Okay, we're at the same. Oh yeah, school. two Maddies at South School. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, apparently he's like he's gotten so used to it now he even calls himself Matty at home and his wife tells him off. <laughs> I just like offended myself by like referring to myself as Matty. That's yeah. Okay. He'll tell stories when he was a kid and like in the story his friend will call him Matty and he'll be like, Oh wait, no, they wouldn't have called me Matty. It's not my <laughs> that name. That wouldn't have happened then. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad we brainwashed him into that being to me. <laughs> well, I um Oh, I remember uh I, I went on holiday once in the University of Spain and we checked into a hot no actually it wasn't I guess it was a it's a real nice hostel. It was a hostel. It was a like cheap hotel in, in a real nice place. But I, I tried to put myself as Matt C. Matt Commages, and apparently the staff thought my name was Matt C. <laughs> <laughs> That's worse than Matty. Matt C. How would you? What? So just M A T T C. And they pronounce it Matt C. I think I said it, and they were okay. writing it down. Right. That, that's it. That I said it. I was like Matt C. Uh, okay. Matt C. Matt C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to call you that now. <laughs> hey, Maxie. <laughs> I guess it's not completely wrong. It's just annoying. <laughs> yeah, if I saw like M-A-T-T-C and had to try to pronounce it, I'd be like, Matich? Is it Russian? Like, <laughs> I take I, yeah, I want a Russian name. Matovanov. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it, it doesn't hold up yet. It holds up better than a lot of movies. Maybe because it's it's lineage. Maybe because it did take absolutely weird moves. Mm. You know, I mean the the thing is, um, we're making a sequel to Kong. We need like a proper adventure film. When this was like, yeah, let's have a lark of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, like we said, it was surprisingly was a sequel. Yeah, for the thirties. I mean, a a Charlie Chan movie, a Thin Man movie. They they don't really do that. 
Yeah. It's like, a, you know, it's like the original Star Trek series. It's like, whatever happened last one, reboot switch. Even today, you get sequels where maybe the characters will come back, but it doesn't, like, pick up with literally the repercussions of the previous film. That's why... It's a nice move. And that's why it's so weird, maybe think of Endgame, where that movie does deal right, with that. Right, right, or, right. or Spider-Man Far From Home, the Marvel movies are doing that. Because the Marvel movies seem to be adopting, like, kind of a serial thing, like the 30s used well, to Well, because early on, they weren't doing that. Mm. Like, Iron Man would come out, and then Iron Man 2 would come out, and, like, two years have passed, and it's pretty separate, right? Yeah. Or, like, Thor would come out, and you wouldn't really... No one would mention it in Iron Man. <laughs> Whereas now, it's like, yeah, each film is directly referencing events from the previous so, yeah, I guess just entering Son of Kong, like, actually does that, like, way before that was the thing. Well, um, um, there's the whole thing of, like, to make a good sequel, you add weight, right? Mm-hmm. Which this film starts feeling like it's going to do, but then it's like, nah, actually, no, it's they take make it off comedy. the weight. Yeah. They're like, let's fly in but, the like, sky. Imagine if they take on this premise where it's like, he's destitute because he ruined New York <laughs> and did it dead serious. <laughs> like, That'd be half the film is court cases. He, like... <laughs> flees from the law. He's, like, getting this treasure to try and pay it off. This movie's like, the blob. Like, Son of Kong dies. <laughs> yeah, this movie's the blob. The blob? Not not the sci-fi blob. The blob is uh, when I worked in the, the backwoods of South Carolina, up on the lake. There's it's the blob. It went it went in the lake, and you'd go up on the dock, and you'd jump into the blob, <laughs> and it would just launch you off into the lake, and it hurt when you came down. That's this Sounds movie. pretty fun. <laughs> it was pretty fun. Especially when drinking... <laughs> Which we could do because we were the teachers and it was late at night. <laughs> and we were 21 years old. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it launches you off in this, like, random-ass direction. You come crashing down hard into the water. But it's kind of fun. Mm. Kind of fun, y'all. <laughs> F-U-N-N. <laughs> the blob. Yeah. Well, on that note. <laughs> uh, this podcast can be found at... MLSFS pod on Twitter. I don't even want to try anymore. That's a thing. But do the go thing is there. You, you were getting good at doing it, but you would just say the letters and stop. <laughs> you have, it has to be a full sentence, like <laughs> at MLSFS pod on Twitter. Yeah. You have to be like, this podcast is at MLSFS pod. And then look at me like a happy puppy dog that's just done a trick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there or, or Facebook or, or we our guest was nice enough to tell us just you know type it into google and you'll probably find us <laughs> yeah if you type the words matt and luke sci-fi sanctuary into a search bar on a computer probably you'll find this podcast and wherever you find it make sure you click the little thumb up button <laughs> <laughs> so you started chasing monsters have you yeah so speaking of son of kong and the monster hunter um by the time you're listening to this my monster hunter podcast should be back on the airwaves so if you want to f- search monster mash fart? pod on twitter i did a bit Monster Mash Pod on Twitter. Go on Facebook, search Monster Mash Podcast. Go on YouTube, search Monster Mash Podcast. Go on your podcasting app of choice, search Monster Mash Podcast. Make sure you put the word podcast in there because we stupidly chose a name that is also a song. It was a graveyard smash. That's the one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you're into Monster Hunter, the video game series, and the monsters in it, this is a podcast where four lads talk about hunting those monsters. And we're all very excited to play Monster Hunter Rise next year. Okay. And if you want to drink a Matatov cocktail of your own, you can listen to Matt's music, which you've probably heard during this podcast, at rovingsagemedia.bandcamp.com. Does it explode? Yeah. Okay, cool. 
It's like uh, Mission Impossible. After you listen to one of the songs, it self-destructs. That's your head. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's music will blow your mind! <laughs> and we're sending out the Son of Kong tonight and our listeners by saying... You can get overboard. There's no captains here. <laughs> Monsters. Monsters.